Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. We're happy to have you back with us this week. I'm here with Lisa and Brian, and today we are joined by Rocia Perez, who is an executive leader with more than 20 years of experience providing relevant insight to leaders around the world. She's delivered hundreds of inspiring and life-changing leadership trainings, keynotes, and presentations to people around the world. She helps leaders gain confidence, presence, and step into their personal power pave their own way, discover and eliminate their blind spots and spark self-awareness while maximizing their overall impact. Rocia, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I am wonderful and very inspired to be on your podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. Uh, You've got a really interesting story of how you got to doing what you're doing. And uh, Lisa, Lisa found you listening to another podcast, and your story was quite inspiring to us both. Actually, my friend Gary Sugar hooked us up together, because I think you must have done some sort of event, or you met Gary somewhere. I did, actually. I met met Gary through a mutual friend when I was in Nashville. He was very impressed by you, and I trust Gary. Everybody knows Gary. Everybody knows Gary. Gary seems like such an extraordinary heart-connected individual that knows everybody. So you're by everybody. Yeah, and he knows awesome, inspiring, strong people like yourself. <laughs> Thank you. But I did listen to one of your podcasts, and I was really impressed, and the thing that really impressed me about you was just really your story and how you overcame what a lot of people would not have been able to overcome as far as, you know, difficulty in their childhood and upbringing. And you turn that into inspiring and helping others overcome obstacles in their life. And that's really um, exciting to me to, to find people who do that. Thank you. It was definitely a very magical, mystical journey in that in and of itself. Would you like to tell us about your story? Most definitely. Well, I grew up in a family of five children. My parents are immigrants from Mexico, only child, only girl, middle child. 
And it was just fascinating growing up as we would move from point A to point B. I grew up in extreme circumstances. And we would move what seemed to me at the time at the drop of a hat. My father sometimes would say, it's time to grab your things, let's go. And it wasn't like the movers are coming, there's no trucks and there's no, there's no nothing. It's just what fit in the trunk of the car. My mom would carry this little 1980s makeup kit with all of our personal documents and whatever she can fit in the trunk of the car. And we would move on to our next home and start from zero over and over again to the tune of 13 times over my childhood, 13 plus, as we were moving from place to place. I ended up in Colorado. We ended up here for the second time in 1986. And I started out with one of the most memorable memories of my childhood was when my teacher in the second grade came up to me. I had two teachers. The assistant stood on the left and teacher stood up on the right. And she looked at me and she goes, Rocio, why are you coloring your dogs purple? Are you colorblind? And I looked at her and I said, why would you ask that? Well, why are you coloring your dogs purple? And back in the day, I looked at my school supply box and cardboard and I opened it up as they all were back then opened it up and I took a look at her and I looked at my box and I said, that's the only color I have. What other color would I color my dogs with, right? Mm -hmm. So what I saw from that point forward, it was, it was more, I was the Picasso. They just hadn't seen my talents that I was able to create with what I had. And I saw my entire life like that. I would run around and speak with my older brother and I'd say, brother, by the time we grow up, what do you want to be? And we would live in this imaginary world that we knew existed, even though our reality was very far-fetched from where we want it to be. And at the age of 12, I had had enough. I didn't see the opportunities and possibilities in my family that I saw were possible within me. And with the fifth grade education, I ran away from home. I left home and never looked back. I lived with my grandparents for a couple of years and then ran away from their home as I was going to be returned. And I said, I cannot be returned to the circumstances that I just left. That's not possible. I ran away with my 22-year-old boyfriend. And you would guess that I'm 14 years old. Two weeks later, I was pregnant. And the only thing that I can think about is how do I provide a life how do I bring this dream to fruition? As I used to run around when I was a little girl and I would speak with my Uncle Sergio and say, Uncle Sergio, someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to become a teacher because I want to inspire people. And he would listen to me for what seemed to be hours and hours. And because of him, I just, I loved learning. And that's what I went back to in those moments because that dream continued to draw me towards it in the midst of life and chaos and everything that happened then but at the age of 14 i knew that if my son was going to have a shot at life that i had to create it nobody was going to create it for me and by the time i was 15 when he was six months old i decided that i would not go to high school that i would go straight into college and at 15 i was knocking on the university doors so that i can go to school to be told no but I was rebellious. That was a rebellious one. I'm like, this is my dream. <laughs> I've been waiting my entire life to 
be able to do this. And I wasn't taking no for an answer, even at 15. I, I continued to ask, how else can I go to school? Well, your parents need a sign. You need to be at least 16. I said, there's no way in the world my parents, I haven't seen them in three and a half years and they have no desire to see me. There's no way that they're going to sign. And so I continued to ask and ask until the Rosemary, I believe, got a little tired and said, finally, I said, you know what? There's only one other option, and that's for you to get emancipated. And I said, what is that? To me, that seemed like the biggest word in the vocabulary for me that I had heard up until that, that point. And, and so I said, okay, great. I get to divorce my parents, and I can come to school. Sure enough, I found a, a friend and a mentor who supported me through that process. And 30 days later, I had divorced my parents so that I can go to college. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so hold on a second. <laughs> so you were going to college without any high school education? I went to college without high school, yeah, other than a quick summer program. That wasn't the environment that I wanted to bring up my son. Before I went into college, I had only completed the sixth grade and a six-week program, and that was it. So, yes, I went to college without the proper education or what's considered to be the proper education. So, well, I mean, that's, that's, amazing. that's not breaking the rules. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's creating your own rules, and I exactly. think from from the moment that I started college and I was accepted at 16 and started college at 17. And it was one of the most exciting times of my life. Looking back at it today, I think it's wild. It's crazy. It's exciting to see somebody that had so much determination and even it inspires me that just to even think about getting on a bus, leaving home at four o'clock in the morning so that I can get on a bus by 415, 420 to make it all the way to college campus after dropping off my son by 8 a.m. and and then do that track at night and it's it was something that I really wanted so bad to have for him and for me to feel fulfilled and for him for a future for him and in that process you know I, I led the way for others to go through the same process to understand that you're you can do whatever you want to do I led people who had college education. I, I led people who were old enough to be my parents. I led people that I didn't even know how I did it. I knew that they had come out of, they were on parole. They were high school graduates, everything across the board. And I just feel like so privileged to be able to do that in the process of bringing myself through the same things that I was sharing with them, that anything was possible. They had a problem, I'd go, okay, let's go take care of that problem. What does that look like, right? There's always a solution. My, I took it to heart when my grandmother said, everything has a solution. There's only one thing in this world that doesn't, and that's death. Up until then, everything has a solution. And so I live by that. I like so, that. That, that, oh, that I really like everything has a solution except death. Right. Everything does. And I, I truly live by, by a lot of her sayings. And throughout the years, I, I became educated. I went out and did a dual MBA in international business. I completed my education. 
I went back again for like the fourth time and completed a certification in international entrepreneurship. I had become an entrepreneur even as a little girl. As a little girl, I was selling copper to the junkyard down the street. I always found the opportunities. And when people said it wasn't possible, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get what was not possible when I knew that you just do it. You just get up and do it. You don't talk about it. You just do it. And today I feel very privileged being a serial entrepreneur. This is my third company in helping individuals. We help clients all over the world from Denver to Singapore to Korea to all over Latin America and India and Switzerland and so forth. And it's such a privilege to be able to help people see their fullest potential in what's possible in their life. Anything is possible. Mm -hmm. People come to us because they've lost their confidence. They've they lost their belief, whatever it may be. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to be able to see what's there for them, what how are, they can create themselves. Sorry, what are some of the um, main, what are some of the typical factors that you see across the board that are holding people back from their potential? Our emotions and our thoughts. Those are the main things that I see when somebody's holding on to their emotions and it doesn't matter whether it's here or in Korea or whoever, wherever. It doesn't matter if it's a CEO of a company or somebody that's homeless. It's the same things. They have the same worries and they have the same things in my experience that hold them back. Sometimes it's comments that people made for us and we made, we gave meaning to it and we gave that meaning that I'm not good enough. There's so many times that I'm working with a CEO of a company and that CEO doesn't believe they're worthy enough to be where they're at today. Now, was that always the case? No, that wasn't always the case. When they walked in there, they were a rock star. They were owning everything about that company and something happened along the way where they were triggered and that trigger resulted in them not feeling confident about where they were at or worthy enough to be where they were at. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, we, we've talked about triggers a lot on this, <laughs> on this show. It is, but typically we talk about how they stem from something, you know, really early in our childhood. And then we have developed this self-limiting belief around it that we're not even always aware of. So how do you help people find those and, and clear those beliefs so that they can that's a wonderful question. Thank you. And, and that's through a process of auto discovery. I, I typically invest one to two days with clients up to begin with to discover where are they at? What built them? What made them become who they, they are today? And what's holding them back without understanding their paradigm? I can't, I don't provide advice. What I do provide is a process of self discovery where they get to reflect upon where it came from, once they're able to make that connection themselves, everything disappears. And that's the beauty of it. They start creating things. I would have never known. I've had clients, I had a particular client where journaling one day and she's taking notes. And I just happened to grab her notebook. And what I'm about to say, you know, any same person would have done something different than what I did. But I took her note notebook and I drew something on there. You would have thought I had committed murder. And I said, wow, what's showing up for you? Do you want to play? And play for me is code word. Do you want to explore? Do you want to go deeply into it and figure out what's there for you? And in 25 minutes, 
I got to the root of it, we discovered together, we discovered, you could have given me a million dollars and said, Lucio, here's a million dollars for every minute that you invest into this, it would have been 25 million. And I wouldn't have gotten to the root of it. We discovered that it had to do, as you said, at least I believe that it had something to do with their childhood experience, that it had something to do with somebody that they loved, that it also, the color black actually represented the time of the day, which was nighttime. And it represented not being worthy. And so that has trickling effect and impact. And and it's to say that we live normal lives. And the moments that something happens to her, it was that color. I would have left her there. It would have been easy to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, let me not violate your space. And that was rude. I should ask for permission. That was wrong. I mean, whatever it was versus what's in it for them. One of the greatest reasons for, for the success of the clients that I've worked with has been that I'm not there to be their friend. I'm there to be more than just their friend because I believe their friends can lie to us to protect themselves. It's natural. We don't want somebody to go against us or be upset at us. And I'm like, I'm curious. I'm just really curious. I want to know. I want to be there to serve that person. And I can say that that our clients are very, very grateful for the opportunity to help them see something that they weren't able to see before. Because yeah. you're looking below the surface. You're looking We're, below what's going on right now. And you're We're looking at the meaning. What was the meaning? What, what was the why? How did it happen? What does it look like? Versus, oh, here's the, the thing, as you said, we're looking underneath the surface. What's there? I really like that um, you allow the, your clients to self-discover and to kind of explore that on their own to really kind of come up with the answers on their own because I feel that when the answer is given to you, it doesn't have the same impact as when you come up with it on your own, in your own uh, format, in your own way. There's a certain significant impact that that provides that anyone else could tell you the same thing and it won't have the same impact. Most definitely. And at the end of the day, as you said, for me, Advice only serves a person that gives it to them, right? It's only the person that's given the advice that it serves. Because if I would have given this, for instance, with this particular client, if I would have given her the the reasons why it would have happened, I would have never hit the mark. I would I, I would have never known that it had to do with a black horse, her grandmother in the middle of the night, that that's what the color black represented. And at the end of the day, it represented not feeling worthy. I, I could have said whatever, yet in the process of self-discovery, that individual is telling me what it is. And it's telling themselves what it is. And in that moment that they discover it, they can go ahead and shift it for themselves. They're like, oh, wow, I gave that meaning. Well, to I like to keep all of my clients private because of that. You know, there's confidentiality. But I, what I can tell you within that is that that particular client achieve her goals, her five to six year goals in a 12 month, within a 12 month period, which was amazing. They land at the job of their dreams the following year, instead of achieving those, those one year goals in one year, they were achieving them in six months, right? Right now, this person's up to extraordinary things. And there's been things that, that I can't really mention, but they're extraordinary to see 
those changes in in themselves and seeing, wow, you know, here's a person that came to me. There's people that come to me that are on the verge of losing their business, their marriage, their everything to, in a matter of months, regaining control of everything. For instance, I had a client who came to me and she, I knew immediately that there was something there for her. And in five minutes, she's in tears. And I'm like, how can I support this person? Well, what I can say is that three weeks later, she was in a very different place. She was in a very different place. She was back in rock star status. She was the top of her game. Things are working out for her. She wanted to do more for her, for her father. It, life was just amazing. It, she was unrecognizable from when I met her. And it's the same case. It doesn't matter where we're at. That's been my experience in so many different places with people. I like that you you leave your ego out of it. So, you know, you, you grab her book and you draw something on it and like, you know, you could have become defensive, but instead you chose to look beyond that and help her recognize why it was that she was triggered by what you had done. I think that that's the best way to help somebody is, you know, direct them back to themselves. And yes. like you said, help them, let them do their own, self-discovery because as Nicole said, when you try to tell somebody something or, you know, point it out for them, usually your ego rejects that and says no. And it does because if there's a 7 billion people in this world, we've all had a separate experience and we're all different to the nth degree. There, there's never going to be another Rocio in this world. Like there's never going to be another Nicole or Lisa or Brian or anyone. And I say, and and that's so unique, right? We're so unique. What you gave me meaning to, what I gave meaning is different meaning. And so I've been in, in rooms where you can have 20 people and they have 20 different opinions about the same thing. Yet when we debrief each individual, we hear, tell me, what does it exactly, does that mean to you? And they start going through it and they start laying out the secret roadmap through a series of questions and like, oh, wow, I've got you. I know exactly where you're at. Now that I know where you're at, I know how to build you to who you want to become. Like I know how to guide you there. And in the guiding, you're the one who will do the work. Like I'm just like a bodybuilder, right? Bodybuilder comes in, teaches you how to do the exercises, your trainer, and you must go out and do those exercises that will build you into who you want to become, who you know you were meant to be. So you wrote a book, Unstoppable. I did. And in this book, does it lay out, I haven't had the opportunity to read the book yet, but does it lay out like some specific type of steps or, you know, what is the foundation and, and the, the purpose of the book? Most definitely. This book really represents the idea of that I'm my own leader everywhere I go. I truly believe that just like with every client that I work with, that we all have it inside of us. It's inside of us. Like a tree was always a tree. So this is the same thing. It was inside that seed. It will become what it will become. And it's going to be extraordinary as long as it's given the proper things. This book returns us to who we really are. 
It takes us through a step-by-step -step process of auto-discovering, and it's meant for individuals to go through. If you want to go through it 100 times, I would say the more that you go through this book and do the exercises, the more that you will discover for yourself. And I can guarantee you, you as you're keeping a journal for the first and the fifth and the 10th and the 20th time that you go through it, that you will discover different things for yourself. I've had individuals who read the book over a weekend, do all the exercises, have had 30 plus businesses and come to me and say, wow, I'm doing my, I'm managing my business different moving forward. And I've had individuals like, wow, you, you truly inspired me through those reflective questions, reflection questions right there, that now I'm writing two books. And because of that, that's possible. I can tell you that it's brought so many exciting things. And I'll just read some of the chapters, really. Chapter one, it starts with whether leaders are born or they're made. And I truly believe that we're all leaders in our life. When we unlock the secrets of the mind, which is chapter two, and we figure out how does our mind work and how does it even get in the way of my own success and how can I transform that? That's chapter three, banishing the invisible forces that are getting in the way. And then really chapter four is taking us to aligning our conflicting values because let's say that I want to be in a relationship, yet I believe that relationships are painful. That's not going to work, is it? Or that I want to have the CEO position, yet I don't feel worthy enough to have it. That's a conflicting value, right? Yet I have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to be able to have it, yet what I'm feeling and the way I think about myself isn't going to allow me to get there. And then how do we create our own desires, which is chapter five, and taking it because this is, this is the process. It took us up until whenever from the moment that we believe what we believe about ourselves to the moment that we discover that there's something more for us. It, it's a process to recreate yourself and to return yourself back to yourself to what your full potential. I truly believe that we're all, we're all capable of discovering and creating extraordinary things in our life. And then it goes through a seven-step process. What does it look like when you foster awareness of your own capacity to change? What does it look like when you're really looking and accelerating your own change? Are you waiting for things to happen? Because we will always change. And let's say that something happens overnight. We didn't have the time, the energy, the money, the whatever. And we get an emergency phone call in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, we become resourceful beyond our belief, Right. So what does that look like when we tap into that and we accelerate, accelerate our own success ourselves, following our vision, speeding our personal evolution and creating our own roadmap? I believe that I became successful and I made it through my life is because we, I always had a roadmap. It was my roadmap. Nobody held it for me. It wasn't a mentor or a counselor or my mom or dad or anybody that helped that. I had my vision. I knew that I was moving towards my vision and that's the only thing that I would accept in my life. And if somebody disappeared, no worries. I will take my vision. I will show it to somebody else and say, this is where I'm going. Can you help me? You know, what does it look like? What's possible? What can I create? And then taking that massive action, you know, for me, massive action was eight hours on a bus to get to and from school every day. And that wasn't easy. And then just, really going through that process of refining it. What does it look like? Testing, tracking, tweaking, looking at my approach. I think 
it's been my experience and my experience that a lot of individuals are extraordinary rock stars and they don't believe that we're all unstoppable. We were all meant to be unstoppable. And sometimes we'll stop because somebody said no once or twice or for the 10th time, if I would have stopped where people would have said no to me, I, I can guarantee you, I would either be six feet underground. I'd be in drugs, gangs. I, my life would have looked very different if that would have been the case. I've chosen something different and I've also chosen to lead the way while I was paving the way. I've had my own limiting beliefs. I've had my own battles with self-worth and confidence. I've had self-battles where I've had triggers and I'm like living life like a rock star thinking that everything is possible. And let me share one specific instance in my life. I was 33 years old on top of the world. I had the car, the house, the kid, the business, the education. I was an empty nester at 33. And I ended up on my 34th birthday. It's like happy birthday to me. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I ended up in the ER to only days later find out that I had a brain tumor. That was a trigger for me. That was something that woke me up because being told that you can have a stroke and die any moment shifted me. It changed something inside of me and it helped me see something that I wasn't able to see. Within that came some triggers. It came triggers of how am I living my life? Am I worthy enough? What's happening? What are the things that I'm not seeing? And it took me on this extraordinary journey. I had coached for almost 17 years up until that point before I went on my own journey of deep self-exploration. I was uncovering and discovering over and over again. And I had been on that journey slightly. I was dipping my toes into it years before, but really when I really immersed myself is when I was discovering, I'm like, wow, I discovered at that point that I didn't feel worthy, that I was running around giving of my time and everything to everyone and making sure that everybody felt amazing around me, regardless of whether their accomplishments were um, more than what I had accomplished at that point in my life, which in some cases, I was making people feel good about themselves and putting myself down. So I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I've experienced it. And one of the reasons why I continue to be inspired is because, wow, I've seen so much and I still see so much every day, right? Where I see people that they, through my sharing of my story, they start to see themselves in what's working and what's not and how they got to where they were at. It's a process. It's not an overnight process. And it's, it has nothing to do, success has nothing to do with the time, the energy, the money, the resources, the education, the networks, and so forth. It has everything to do with how do I view myself and those limiting beliefs and what I think is possible for me. Mm-hmm. It's like your perception can shift the landscape in an instant. In an instant, everything can shift. You can be a rock star on top of the world one day and somebody says a comment that you're not even aware of or something that just triggers you and all of a sudden that changes, just like somebody can build you. I take it very personally to walk people through their own processes because it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do that and see how to, how to step into a world that most people won't step into. I'm curious to know, Rocio, what was it like for you to go into college with basically a sixth grade education? 
That's a great question. You know, it was, it was lonely along the way in many aspects and the fitting in was interesting because I didn't quite fit in. I was um, among the younger people. As a matter of fact, I think the, I, years later, I met somebody who was around the same age that started school, but it was interesting. I felt like a misfit. It was, yet I was determined. I'm like, okay, I've got to make it work. If I don't know this, I'll, I'll get it. Sometimes I was in the classroom and they would have conversations about whatever happened inside of a history books or things that I should have, could have, would have known had I gone to call, gone to high school before I went to college. I would say, okay, great. I don't know that yet. I've got to look it up, right? I've got to do my research. So college was a very interesting journey and exciting along the way later on. There was moments that were tough and there were so many moments that were exciting. I'm like, I've just, I've got to do it. Wow. Like, I mean, it's, (laughs) I remember university college for myself when I went and it's really intimidating (laughs) going in um, at the proper age that most people go in as well as having the education uh, of a height of at least a high school education it's extremely uh, it's extremely intimidating and but at the same time you know so much is created in our belief system through the education system of say high school and what to expect and teachers prep you and all these things start to happen in high school with your social environment and all these things and so it just sounds like you didn't have all those other factors in some ways you were in in a position of um power in a way like that most people would never have seen but I think if you kind of look at it from that perspective, you didn't have some of the, I guess, preconceived notions or ideas of what college could be given what you learned through high school. Most definitely. And that saved me in many different aspects. And and also what I did have were people who would tell me, even my own family would say, hey, you should go home and take care of your your kid and tend to your husband. And at that time I was, by the time I was 19, I was on my own with a four-year-old in college, working two jobs, attempting to make ends meet. And that was, that was life. You know, imagine hearing that every day from individuals. I think my saving grace for me was the fact that I didn't listen to them. Mm -hmm. I heard them. I just didn't listen to them Mm -hmm. and not listening to them. What meant that I didn't accept, I didn't engage in that conversation. They would say, Hey, you're, you're not going to make it because you're, you're a dropout. You're not going to make it, or it's too difficult. You can't make it. Or even it, the reality of a single mother dropout, the statistics, I just kept on hearing the statistics. You're the, you're the 0.002% that are ever going to make it, you know, 0.0012%, whatever it was at the time that um, is ever going to make it. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm not engaged in that. I'm focused and I'm focused on what I want. I think that's the real secret there is you stayed so focused and you tuned everything else out. You tuned out your friends, your family, what society believed you could accomplish. You didn't need any validation outside of you. You simply had this drive that you stuck to. And, and that is, seems to be the secret sauce. 
you know, you, you didn't let anything get in your way. I reject your reality. Exactly. That's not part of my reality. I don't, I, I just don't even hear it. You know, like, um, it's not mine. And the reality was it wasn't easy. And it's, it was about picking myself up every day. Like I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. You know, I must be able to pick up myself every single day in that process. And there were times that I'd fall asleep with my backpack, jacket on, shoes on, middle of the winter, passed out. I'd wake up in the morning and thinking I was just exhausted. I'd wake up and I'm like, okay, where am I at? What did I do yesterday? Where, where am I supposed to be? Which job am I supposed to be at? And which class? Where, what am I doing? And that was the reality some days. And I had to continue to believe in where it was that I was going up until the day that I got there. And I remember by that time, like I, I, I had a car. <laughs> I was on a bus for a couple of years running to two jobs. And it wasn't like, hey, you get to this job and you do your your eight hours or four hours or whatever. And then you go to the next one. It's like, no, I was cleaning houses. I was going from point A to point B to point Z and then going to the university and working at the university and then going to class and then making it home. It wasn't a pretty sight. But what I can say is that you do whatever it takes. And if it was when I did get a car, I felt so blessed because I could sleep 15 minutes, right, in the car so that I can get to my next class or whatever. If I had 10 minutes to go heat up something for my son to eat and go run and pick him up right after I worked nine hours that day before I went to class that evening. It was just what had to be done. That's it. That's what I looked at. And the day that I arrived, I remember my mentor who always looked at me and she was always, she always wondered, she goes, how can you be so gracious? How, how can you just walk in and just be grateful for everything? And I'd say, I guess I, I don't get it. And it, it was that day after graduation, months later after graduation, the day that she came to me and she said, how does it feel like to have done it, to have accomplished it? And I'm like, it feels amazing to have accomplished what I was looking to accomplish. By that time, I had a, a brand new car. Life looked different. It's like I hadn't made it. I had arrived, but yet I had not arrived because there were so many other things that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to go to school. I wanted additional education. I wanted to show my son what was possible in life, that there's, there was always another level. And it wasn't like I went through school and I went to work. It was I had to teach him. I chose to teach him how to live a life of significance and meaning and a contribution in the world. It wasn't, it wasn't one thing. It was like, son, let's go out and volunteer. I wanted to teach him about giving back to the community in the midst of us being in, in whatever circumstances we were in. I always felt that we had something more to give and we would go volunteer. I wanted to teach him about politics. So I took him out campaigning. I wanted to teach him about certain things, drugs, whatever it was. And I always found those opportunities to be able to have those meaningful conversations. So what is, what is he up to? How has he taken these life lessons and applied them? My son's an extraordinary individual. I feel very, very blessed to have had the privilege to be his mother to, to have and to raise him. He's 28 years old right now. He's a father. He's a husband. He's working on his dream. He's a year from graduation. And he's 
he's rocking it. He's a rock star. He's accomplished a lot more than what I had accomplished by his age. And I'm so proud to, to know him and to be part of his life. It's just extraordinary. So when you came out of um, university or college, and how did you start? Like, did you start working for yourself? Because you say you've had now three entrepreneurial businesses. Did you start working for someone else? How did you kind of get your foot in the door to, to do all this work? Well, I did start working simultaneously. I think looking back, I haven't really done anything that was easy. <laughs> like easy is right now in my life where I'm working on one thing and that's building my business and taking care of myself. I don't have that responsibility. But really, I worked for other companies and organizations and then I built my business. I was consulting in 2000 and continue to consult and that's in 2000. Six, I launched my business 2007. I made it formal and continued to work for other organizations until 2008 that I said, okay, I'm doing this full time. I'm like tired of doing this part time. I must live my dream and that's to be able to work with individuals. And that's, that's where it started. It started, I started working with others. Then I went to work for myself. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, I've just been kind of sitting here thinking, um, in my mind, I, I keep getting this image of, um, the word complacency and then soggy wood trying to start a fire. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and I just feel like, cause you, you were so hungry. You were so hungry for what you wanted to achieve that there was nothing that was going to satiate you to the point of being complacent. And I, you know, I think that's kind of one of the things where people um, get stuck is they're just complacent within their lives. And it's really like, when you want to spark life into something, it's like trying to spark life into soggy wood. <laughs> it's just not going to take light. It's not going to start a flame. And you must be able, and that's such a perfect thing, Nicole, you must be able to start your own flame. Mm -hmm. that success isn't because somebody's here to coach me or to help me. Okay, that's fantastic. They'll, they'll guide the way, they'll lead the way. We're here to be of service, to be able to see what's possible for another person. And I must be able to be the one who wakes up in the morning and makes that different decision at every given point in time. What did I do before? You know, do, do I want to run a marathon, but yet I'm 30 pounds overweight? What does that look like for me? Like nobody can lose weight for you unless they chop a limb off or something. That's not what we want, right? <laughs> but the fact is that, that <clears throat> just like we're the only ones that can eat, for yeah. ourselves we're the only unless we're being fed through a tube or something the reality is that we're the only ones that can do it i work out with a bodybuilder who's 58 years old and she has the body of an extraordinary individual i'm like she's perfection to the core and i know every day as i'm doing my exercises one day i texted her i'm like okay hey renee what's going on with here i only see that i have one set and i was about to pass out after that one set i had already done my cardio then i did my strength training and i'm checking in with her i'm like i only saw one in there i had already taken my shoes off she goes no it's supposed to be three <laughs> and I'm like, okay, then I need to get up and I need to find that energy within me, that passion, that drive, and go do those two other sets. And yes, if I thought I was passing out the first time around, I was really passing out the, <laughs> the third time around when I was through with those sets. Yet, I had to do the work. She can't do the work for me. 
just like she can't take credit 100% for my results. She, she led the way and she teaches the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yet she can't be responsible for my results. If I don't do my work, she can't do it for me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with the end goal. I think that, um, you know, I was talking to one of my clients this morning and, and, you know, she wants so badly to achieve, you know, what she's setting out to. She has everything in place to take care of what she needs to take care of. And, um, but she, it's, it's this idea of fear. And I, you know, one of the things that's always worked for me is, you know, stop thinking about the end goal. Where are you right now? What can you do right now that you can accomplish? Because every time you choose something that isn't indicative of your fear, but more indicative of like your hopes and desires, then you're strengthening that reality for you and you're accomplishing it. And every time you accomplish it, you build that confidence. And I think that confidence is what's lacking in a lot of people, that self-belief, their self-worth, that they can actually do it and that they're of value to society in the way that they want to be. And that's a perfect example of that, Nicole. And the fact is that success is accomplished one step at a time. And that's through a process, right? You can only get the client up to here. Here's one level. Here's another level. Here's another level. And I think about it going back to bodybuilding. That's the same thing for me is that I can't look at myself at 20 pounds. That was my goal. I wanted to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, I've gotten eight weeks, 20 pounds. This is what I want to look like. I'm not measuring myself every day. I'm being consciously of what I'm putting into my, instead, I'm being conscious of what I'm putting into my mouth. Do I get up? Do I work out every day? Perfect. And then am I following that workout the way that it's intended to be followed? Am I eating at the times I'm supposed to be eating? Am I drinking enough the way I'm supposed to be drinking? Am I sleeping enough? Am I doing this? Am I doing as it's prescribed to me? And I know that I will accomplish it today. I can say, wow, you know, first my, in bodybuilding, your legs come, you know, certain parts of your body come in. And for me, it was my legs. They came in first. Okay. Sometimes those are the last ones mm-hmm. that come in. Mine came in first. And not to say that I'm going to be an extraordinary bodybuilder. I just want to have a, a, a nice tone body. And what does that look like for me? I'm like, wow, now I see it. Now, now I start to see my my upper body and now my waist is like super tiny. I hadn't seen my friend for four weeks and he's looking at me like, wow, what happened to you? Like, look at your waist. I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's fantastic. I'm not measuring those things to get there because the reality is that in time it will come as long as you're persistent. That's the part of not quitting along the way that a lot of people don't get the results that they want and immediately they want to have instantaneous results. We're in a society of instant gratification and it doesn't serve us mm-hmm. when you're working on something big for me it's like my body didn't get to look the way that it looked like just overnight i there there was time it took time to get there and to, to attempt to get it back in eight weeks it's like shy of a miracle which is amazing and it's possible as well, and, i keep with it and perspective plays a big part of that. I've I've lost a lot of weight also. I've lost 45 pounds over the last year or so. And to me, when I look at my body, it's it's looks largely the same. I can tell that I've lost weight, but it there are, you know, it's I've lost a lot of weight and I look at it and it's like it's still not perfect. But to somebody else, 
that looks at me and is like, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. You look great. What are you doing? And it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's hard for yourself and that, and, and, and that goes with, with self-improvement as well. Right. And it's part of self-love. One of the things that I find it's like celebrating because if we don't celebrate our accomplishments, how are we going to get there? How are we going to be able to, to continue to recognize, you know, it's beautiful that people see it, right? People can see it in ourselves. And I know for me, for instance, I'm looking at myself before I lose weight and I was like, okay, I'd lost weight. I'm like, how do, how do we create a game out of it and some excitement? And for me, it's like, wow, like, wow, look at me right now. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty <laughs> exciting. And to celebrate every accomplishment along the way, I'm like, wow, that's, those muscles look really toned. I'm staring at Brian thinking, why don't you celebrate? Your accomplishments. <laughs> Celebrating accomplishments is so fantastic. Such a strong inner critic because Brian has a strong inner critic. Like I, it's not enough. It's not good enough. I didn't. What? I expect the best. Yeah, and we and we and all. I'm, and I'm not there. I yeah, I've lost a lot of weight. I look great compared to what I did look like, but it's not perfect. And, and, you know, the hard thing for me is I didn't have a goal. I didn't, I didn't set out saying, okay, I'm going to lose 30 pounds like you did or, or have a goal in mind. I made some significant diet changes because of some allergies and some other, other health issues. And it was a byproduct. And, and it's great. It's like, wow, I, I love this. This is, this is my life. I need to eat like this for the rest of my life for my own well-being and this was a great byproduct but I didn't you know a year and a half ago two years ago I didn't say okay what am I going to do and I'm going to start working out this much and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and and I didn't it just it just happened well it didn't so, just happen it came from you dedicating yourself to wanting to heal your gut and so true it's that it's an example of like what Rocio was saying is just step after step after step after step, little success after little success and just sticking with it and not giving up. And you're right. I've never, I've never celebrated that. Mm -hmm. So woohoo. I, <laughs> I think we're, we're all going to celebrate. I'll be yeah. celebrating for you thinking about you, Brian. One of the fascinating things, speaking of celebration, I talked about that experience where I was putting myself down and putting people up on a pedestal. I was celebrating them. I wasn't celebrating me. Hmm. And going back in my life, I remember there was a point in, in my life I was, I, I was highly educated. I was on billboards, TVs, magazines, whatever, all over. And people would come to me and they would say, you know, here, Lisa, you talked about limiting beliefs, right? And things that we want. And here I was, people would say that and like, oh, you must be like so happy and feel so fulfilled and accomplished. And I'm like, no. All I wanted was my mother's love. Mm. Like I would have given it all up, everything to have her love. And it wasn't for me to have just then. Right? I think we all go through, a, for me, we all go through a journey of self-discovery. When we discover what's limiting us, we can start moving forward and and all areas of our life. And now I celebrate everything, you know, it's like, am I my biggest critic sometimes? Like, Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I must remember, I, <clears throat> this is so funny. So the book hit international bestseller unstoppable. I'll tell you just 
couple of minutes on the book here. And it was just fascinating when it hit international bestseller, it hit bestseller <clears throat> by 10 a.m. when I launched it. Then I launched it internationally. Within a 12-hour period, it became international bestseller. And for months, it wasn't until my mentor looked at me and let me tell you, this woman's bought like 50 books to give away and she loves it so much. She's like, it needs to be in the hands of everybody. And she's like, that's you on the cover. And I'm like, that's me. Like I hadn't got that, you know, <laughs> I'm like, that's me on the cover. Like, like it hadn't quite dawned on me. Right. Like, even though I put the picture there, even though I helped within the design and everything and I launched the book and whatever, I hadn't got that to that core of like, Oh my God, I'm the one on the cover. Yeah, it hadn't sunk in. It hadn't come to self, like to full realization. It had not. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> and you know, like it, I, I felt like I had two babies because I launched it in a very short period of time. I launched it in Spanish, so it's both in English and in Spanish. If you could only imagine doing two separate launches in a very short period of time, it takes a lot of energy. Like I have no idea. I would sleep through the night if I, if I could have, but really my team was sleeping through the night and they were taking care of things. And, and I'd go to bed they, at 3 a.m. They go to bed at midnight or one o'clock or whatever. And I'm up at 4.30 a.m. And I'm heading to the gym by five to keep my mental sanity to do that. And yet I hadn't really, it hadn't sunk in. Mm. It was like, wow, it's, it's there. Now today it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's my book. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you're, I, I'm excited to read your book and to our audience. Um, if you can, please check out Rocio uh, Perez's book, Unstoppable. Uh, Rocio, if our audience members want to get in contact with you uh, or check out your website, uh, where is that? Most definitely. Thank you. So to order the book and to contact me, so it's www.7stepstounstoppablebook.com. So that's 7stepstounstoppablebook.com. They can also reach me via phone at 303-587-8367. That's 303-587-8367. Or they can email me at info at invent, I-V-A, consulting.com. So that's info at invent iva consulting.com so that's inventiva consulting.com oh thank you and i wish we could have i know you've got to go you've got um another uh, engagement right after this and we had some mercury retrograde technical difficulties here trying to get started. <laughs> we had to cut this short but thank you so much for being on the show i wish this could have gone a little bit longer because i'm loving the conversation and just thank you so much for being a guest on here and sharing your experience. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been such an honor and a privilege to be here with you, Brian and Nicole and Lisa. I'm really, really excited and inspired about the work that you're doing in the world and how you're impacting the lives of individuals. Okay, thank you. And yes. thank you to thank our audience for joining us once again. Uh, we'll be uh, back with you all next week. All the information to reach Rosia will be in the show notes. Take care and we love you all. 
Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.